Then I saw the right hand of him who seated on the throne, a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. One of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures, the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and a golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard around the throne the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne, to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped the word of the Lord. Be you may be seated. What we have here in chapter 5 of the book of Revelation is a continuation of this vision that John is seeing of the throne room. Chapter 4, we noticed last week that the throne room vision was that of someone seated on a throne. Not much of a description was given as to who was seated on the throne, but they know it was Lord God, the Father Almighty, who, was, who has never been seen by man. And John didn't describe anything he saw in particular. He just saw that there was someone on the throne. That's the, not only the vision, but that's the eye of faith. You don't see him, but you know he's on the throne, God Almighty. And then in that vision, he talks about the various individuals, which we see that still appear here. 24 elders, four living creatures, angels, a particular angel, hearing voices, and we see in that throne room vision, the theme is creation. The Lord God has created all in this particular portion of the vision, in this new thing that John sees in addition, is the picture of redemption. Here we see now the Redeemer, the Lamb, the second person of the triune Godhead, 
Here we're seeing a picture of Christ. And the descriptors are of Christ. And what John is seeing here is the Father and the Son seated at his right hand. And then standing and functioning among the various creatures and individuals that are there. A magnificent scene of worship and beauty and honor. The first thing we see is the one on the throne has in his right hand a scroll. And in that scroll is written something and that scroll is sealed with seven seals. And you'll never know what's in that scroll until you open or break those seals. The, the, the visual imagery here is that of an ancient last will and testament that was written out and rolled into a scroll and sealed because it was not supposed to be, the seals were not supposed to be broken until the time came. In the death of a last will and testament, that would be the death of the testator. And by the way, according to the Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, the death of the testator has occurred when Jesus was crucified on Mount Calvary. That was the execution of the will and the testament of the Lord God Almighty. So he's holding the scroll. Back in Daniel, remember, in Daniel chapter 12, Daniel was told of all those visions he saw of the beast and the kingdoms and all the great things. He said, take the scroll and I write down everything that's going to come to pass. But then God told Daniel to seal it up and never unseal it because the events that were going to occur were future events. It'll happen in the end time. And here we see we're on the very precipice now watching the lamb who is the testator, the one who died opening his will and testament, the scroll that is there. And then a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice. I love that phrase because as I've told you before, the word angel means messenger. So what we hear if you're a preacher so what we have here is, in verse 2, this ought to be my life verse. And I saw a strong preacher proclaiming, kerygma, proclamation. That's the same word that's used about the proclamation of the gospel. And I saw a strong preacher proclaiming with a loud voice. And he asked the question. And good preaching involves asking a lot of questions, doesn't it? Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals. And so a search was made throughout all of heaven and all of earth and all of creation to find a particular individual. Is there a unique being? Is there someone uniquely qualified? Is there any other name under heaven given among men? Is there any place we can find someone who will open the scroll, break the seals, Seven seals, by the way, a perfect, the number of perfection and completion, a perfectly sealed document. Is there anyone? And at first glance, the word came back, no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth. There's no one else like Christ who can do what he does, who has done what he has done, who will do what he will do. No one, not in heaven, not in earth, not under the earth, was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And then John here describes his own particular 
reaction. And this is similar to Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, the prophets of old, even Moses in the original giving of the law. When they find themselves in the presence of the great quandary and they find themselves in the presence of God, the inscrutability and the unknowableness, if there's such a word, of the greatness of God overwhelms them. And he fell, in this case, he fell into a, a state of grief. I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and to look into it. And my friends, if no one had been able to do this, if there'd have been no Jesus Christ, if there'd have been no incarnation, if there'd have been no Son of God, if there'd been no condescension of the, of the mighty God into human flesh, we would all be lost. And we'd stay lost. And we wouldn't know the difference. And we'd have nothing to hope for and nothing to sing. But for Christ and Christ alone, we have no redemption. Thank God for his unspeakable gift, Jesus Christ. So he was given, and I began to weep, and no one could look into the scroll. And the elder said to me, weep no more. We found a Savior. Who is it? It is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. This goes all the way back to the book of Genesis, where... Joseph in Egypt was blessing, I'm not Joseph, but Jacob in Egypt was blessing his sons. And he blessed them one by one. And the fourthborn son to Leah, you remember, was Judah. And he said, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from Israel. This was the beginning of the prophecy that the, the tribe of Judah would produce the king of Israel. And it's Jesus Christ of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, not only the tribe of Judah, but the clan of Jesse, the root of David. And this is a, pretty much a direct reference to, to uh, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, when he talks about the root and the branch of David is Jesus Christ, who conquered so that he can open the scroll and the seven seals. Now, let's not overlook that conquering. How many times have the the letters that we looked at now for several weeks talk about Christ conquering and the one who conquers. It is this overcoming. It is this conquest. It is this victory. It is this war that was raged and this victory that was won that is indicated by the words till on the cross that Jesus gave it meant it is finished. And so this is the, the great conquest that has been, that has been, uh, um, uh, waged and won. And it is none other than David's son and David's Lord. It was none other than Psalm 2 said, ask of me, the Lord God said, and I will give you the peoples of the world. It's none other than the one that the one sitting on the throne said, Thou art my son, this day I have begotten thee. It was the great God Almighty giving to his son. And the picture and background of much of this whole vision is seen in parallel form in Daniel 
chapter 7, the vision that Daniel was given there. So I saw this, the throne, and between or amongst actually the, the folks. Remember last week we talked about all the things that were around the throne and, and the beauty and the splendor and the reflective and refractive glory of God found in the, in, in the, in the jewels and in the rainbow and all that we talked about. Well, in this whole scene, in the midst of it, our language says tweens, but it, 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 it's the midst of it. In the midst of the throne, the four living creatures among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain. This is Christ, the vision of Christ. A resurrected, he's standing. Anastasis, stand up, rise up, resurrection. He's standing as though he had been slain and seven horns with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God. Kind of a strange description, but once again, seven is perfection, completion. And the seven horns has to do with the power. The, the, the metaphor, all through the motif all through the Old Testament is the horn is the point of strength. If you don't believe it, you tie into a bull sometime and see if you don't feel that, that horn, that point of what kind of, it's not just the horn, it's the 2,000 pounds behind the horn. And, and that's, in the ancient world, that was the symbol of strength, was the point of the horn of the large animal, the ox or the rhino or whatever it may be. And, and it's a symbol. Kingdoms are called horns and it's a symbol of their strength. So this is perfect power in resting in this lamb and with seven eyes the omniscience of God which are the seven spirits We've, we saw them earlier as visions of flaming fire seven fires, seven flames that were burning and they, then this lamb that was standing moved he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne and when he had taken the scroll as soon as he took the scroll, he hasn't broken a seal yet. He hasn't opened the scroll yet. But as soon as he took the scroll, then everyone in complete agreement falls in some phase of worship of Jesus Christ. Because now we have a Savior. Now we have a strong horn of salvation. Now we have a Redeemer. And when Christ steps up to take that, take that scroll... Everybody begins to burst into some kind of outburst. Let's survey them for you quickly. The 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of, of incense, which are the prayers of the saints, and they sang a new song. So the elders, the 24 elders, sing, and they conduct worship. They've got prayer, and they've got praise. And this is called often in the commentaries a hymn. And it certainly is at least that because it is a, a, a song of praise sung to a de deity. That's the definition of a hymn. But in the text it says, ode, a new song, an ode. In, in the scripture there are psalms and hymns and odes according to Colossians. And this is an ode. It's not a hymn. It's not a psalm. It's a new song, a new song to be sung by new people who are headed for a new heaven and a new earth because they're part of a new creation. They're dwelling under a new covenant and they've got a Lord that is nothing but new wine in new wineskins. 
a new song, a new ode saying, and then here's what the elders sing. Worthy are you to take the scroll, to open the seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed a people of God from every tribe and language and people and nation. This is the song of redemption. The reason that Christ is worthy is that he ransomed his people. The ransom means to buy back by the purchase of money or to pay a price. And Jesus paid a price to ransom a lost and fallen humanity. And that is what Jesus did on the cross. He saved his people from their sins. And this is exactly what is extolled here by the singing elders. You were slain and by your blood you ransomed the people and you did more than ransom them. You ransomed them from every tribe and language, people, and nation. This also is reflective of the, uh, the, saw, the scene in uh, Daniel 7. All of humanity, every people group, every national entity, every language, every clan, all of the, all four different words are used to describe the groupings of people. It's not just one people. It's not just one tribe. It's not just for Jews. It's not just for white people, whatever that is. It's just, it's for everybody. All of humanity, without any distinction. You have made them, not only do you ransom them, but you have made them a kingdom of priests unto our God. And they've been put into a kingdom. This goes back to Exodus 19 where God says with his people when he gathered around himself and gave them the law at Sinai, he says, I'm constituting you in a kingdom and you are a kingdom not just of citizens but of priests, of worshipers, of people who appear before the Lord and serve the Lord. That's what the priests are. And we are a royal priesthood, a kingdom of priests, and they shall reign on the earth. He said, then I looked around the throne and living creatures, the elders, the voice of many angels. And this angels were numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands. And now we see the angels saying, the elders were singing, now the angels are saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive. And then he mentions the seven necessary attributes for a kingdom. In order to have a kingdom, you've got to have power and wealth, and wisdom, and might, and honor, and glory, and blessing, or benediction, or goodwill. These are seven necessary items. They'd make a fine little study within themselves, because these are all very strong common words that are used all throughout the Bible, and it is all wrapped up in the Lamb who is to reign. He's not going to be short on wisdom. He's not going to make mistakes. He's not going to be short on power that he can't accomplish something. He's not going to be short of any of these necessary attributes of being a great king with a great kingdom. And then now he's talking about, I saw, I saw, I saw. He says, and I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all of them. This is the, all the living creatures say, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. The elders, the angels, and now all of the, the creatures of creation to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be. And now it's a fourfold blessing that even the creation cries out in praise. The 
the mountains and rocks sing out praises to the Lord. Everything praises the Lord. Blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. The creatures are singing and they get a witness. And the witness is the four living creatures say, Amen. Which, of course, as we've seen, is one of the designations, one of the names of Christ. They're lifting up the name of the Christ when they say, It is so. Amen. I believe it. Let it be. It is so. Yes. Affirmative. Positively is what the creatures, I mean, what the uh, four living creatures say. And then finally, the elders fall down and worshiped. That's the response of the people of God. The elders fall down and worship. 